the absence of light, the loss of direction, no frame of reference, the presence of fear and uncertainty, void. And then, a light. It starts as a flicker. It's not glaring for all to see, but it's a light nonetheless. Beautiful and mysterious, helping us to see, guiding us, warming us, comforting us. It is growing. It is shining brighter now. In one timeless moment, something of heaven is birthed through the tears of a teenage girl and the cry of a newborn baby king. All of heaven is perched at the edge of the sky, watching, waiting. God is sending the light of heaven into the dark of this world. To the young, to the old, to the weak, to the strong, to the lost, to the found. He is coming to us. He is walking with us. He is dying for us. He is living in us. Our unthinkable darkness is being shattered by unbearable light. And we gather to see, to view with fresh eyes again, the light that all the darkness in the world cannot ever extinguish. Jesus is the light of the world.
Emmanuel did come. The Apostle John records him as the light of the world come into a world of darkness. Here's what John wrote. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. How would you picture the perfect Christmas? Is it probably it has all the familiar decorations and maybe some of those well-liked events that you go to? Maybe it's the wonderful spread of food that you look forward to as well. But without a doubt, I'm sure everybody looks forward to giving gifts. Because if you can just give the right gift and make somebody happy, ha, ah, it's like you got the perfect Christmas. I mean, that's why I get so concerned about the gifts I give to my wife. This year, I thought I had it easy. About a month ago, she was watching a commercial on TV, and she saw this little handheld carpet cleaner. Instead of using the big machine, we could just use a little handheld thing. And she goes, that's really a great idea. And I thought, that's it. My shopping is done. And then a week later, I overheard her in a conversation talking about some little thing you can get, and you can put a raw egg in it, and you boil it, and that gives you hard-boiled egg without the shell. And she said, that was a really clever idea. Well, now I was confused. Which one does she want, the carpet cleaner or the hard-boiled egg thing? And then she really messed me up a few weeks ago when we had our live nativity here. She spent about five or ten minutes with that live donkey. And then she came running over to me, and she said, that donkey is awesome. And I thought, where am I going to get a donkey? <laughs> but she sensed my dismay, and so she sent one of the kids to tell me exactly what I was to buy her. <laughs> but you see, you wait for that perfect gift, right? And it kind of makes Christmas just fine. Oh, there's so much that we do, though, for Christmas, right? Between all the, the planning and the putting things together and the events we go to, that maybe by the end of it, we feel like this guy, just kind of tangled up in all the tinsel, and maybe we've kind of missed Christmas. If only there was a simple Christmas. One where if you didn't do something, no one would be disappointed. If you forgot something, no one would blame you and you would feel guilty. No. Just a simple one choice. And there is. Between darkness and light. That's what John was telling us about. He was simply echoing what the prophet Isaiah 700 years before this had said. That the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Now the darkness that he is talking about was what the scriptures picture as our, our doubts, our confusion, our disobedience to God. In other words, our sin. The world was, was steeped in darkness. But Isaiah said there was a light, a great light, that would dispel that darkness. Now, we like lights at Christmas, whether it's candles or the electric kind. We like to decorate our homes. You walk through the neighborhoods, and all sorts of houses are decorated with light. Things look beautiful, like a, a wonderland of light. But does it really do anything? I mean, it makes you feel good for a short time, right? For a short time, maybe those troubles and those doubts kind of go away. 
But then as we pack everything up, maybe all that comes back again. But John told us the true light was coming into the world. He was talking about God. God himself would step into our world. His son, Jesus, would come and wrap himself up in our humanity. He would experience the same trials and troubles that we do, but never with sin. He would live such a perfect life that now there was a perfection that God would give to us through faith in Jesus. And then that light did one more thing. It dispelled the darkness of sin by taking our sin away, taking it to himself and dying on the cross, but rising again to show victory over death, over sin, and over the devil. Indeed, there was a light in the darkness. God had changed everything. How could that be, though? In just this child? You know, physicists tell us that, you know, light has certain qualities or characteristics to it. It has hue, the, the depth of its color. It, it has brightness. This true light has characteristics too. John said it was full of grace and truth. It's the real thing. It's not fake. It's not going to burn out. It's not something you wrap up and put it away for next year. It's there constantly in our life. He's full of grace. That's that unconditioned, unearned love that God has for us, that he has for the whole world. You know, you and I are so used to, to working to kind of earn, to de deserve something. But God's love is just given to us as a gift. And that gift gives us life. So there is a light that makes a difference in this world. Do you see it? Do you want it? It's there in the manger. Jesus, God's son. That light was born in a little town called Bethlehem.
What would Christmas be like with all the pretty lights that we have, right? Not just in our homes, but all through the neighborhood. You drive around and you see it, it's just a clear sign it's Christmas and people are celebrating. When we walk our dogs through the neighborhood, we, we see all sorts of varieties of, of different lights and different uh, things, characters that are lit up. In fact, there's one house that has a, a little Rudolph the reindeer, or oh, what's only about this high. But one of our dogs, when he sees it, thinks it's a, real, it's a dog, it's a real dog, and so he starts barking at it and pulling. He's doing that for two years now. <laughs> it's obviously a, a case of mistaken identity. But there seems to be a lot of that around Christmas. That is mistaken identity. What is Christmas all about? People will celebrate it in different ways and have different answers to that questions. But why are they missing what's so clear? And what's so clearly stated in the name of the holiday itself? Christmas, Christ, Mass. I mean, we don't go around saying, Happy Santa Claus, bring you a present day. We don't say, Merry Flying Reindeer. And we don't say, Happy stick a tree in your house and decorate it day. Now we say Merry Christmas. But it seems that people enjoy rather living in the dark. Let's look at what the scriptures tell us about the Savior's birth. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Clearly, there was no mistaken identity. The angel had clearly laid out what they were looking for, a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Now, come on. How many babies do you think were lying in a manger that night? It should have been easy to spot. But what may not have been so easy to the common eye was what the angel revealed about that baby. This is Christ, the Lord. The one appointed by God to be the Savior. It is God himself, the Lord, and he is your Savior. Is that what you see? When you look into the manger and see that baby, do you see your God who is majestic in love, glorious in his humility, and your Savior? That's the true light. Let's sing about that special night with our medley of carols.
Speaking of interesting gifts, I heard a commercial the other day for an interesting one. It was a GPS system for your dog. If you wanted to keep track of where your dog was, there's a system now, and it'll hook up to your phone, and you can always know throughout the day where your dog is. Now, that probably been, would have been good for us a few years ago because we had a dog who used to scale our backyard fence and get out into the neighborhood. The ones we have now, they pretty much stay in the house. But it would be good to keep an eye on them, too, during the day. A GPS system, so you know where you are. Where are you? Where will you be found? In this light? At this manger? At the cross? Where will you be found? At the empty tomb to rejoice in your living God? What about the other people you know? What about family and friends? Where will they be? What about people at work or people at school? Your neighbors? What about people in our community or in our world? Where will they be found? Jesus reminds us that as he is the light, so are we the light of this world. Listen to what the shepherds did after they saw the Savior. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds couldn't hold back. They had seen the light, the light was in them, and now they wanted that light to shine through them to others. It's exactly what Jesus told his followers to be. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, I don't know why you're here tonight. Maybe you are in the light and you want to worship your Savior. Or maybe you're here for other reasons and that light isn't in you yet. My prayer is that it will be. And if it is, my prayer is that that light will bring you comfort and assurance and a guidance throughout this life to know that you have a Savior who loves you and forgives you and will bless you no matter what. But my prayer is also that you will be the light going into this world and sharing what you have seen. I've talked a bit about gifts tonight. The greatest gift is this baby, our Savior. And the greatest gift that he gives to us is that eternal life, simply through faith in him. Light dispels darkness. The light has come. Let us live in the light, showing it and sharing it. Let's, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, what a joyous time this is for us to remember your love and coming down and wrapping yourself in our humanity, taking our sins then upon you and suffering for them so that we would be free, so that we would not have to live in the darkness, but can live in the light of truth and the light of life. But our heart goes out today for all those who don't know what Christmas really is. We pray that your word and your spirit will come to them. We pray that you would use us and the unique opportunities you put before us to share this light with others so that more may know and join our voices with the angels to say, glory to God in the highest. Amen. We're very glad that you are here tonight to hear that good message that the Savior has come. May I ask you kindly to fill out a welcome worshiper card. It's the yellow card found in the hymnal rack in front of you. One side is for our members and the other side is for our guests. 
If you are a guest, again, we extend a warm welcome to you. We hope you get a chance to meet you after the service, and we certainly invite you to worship with us again. After you have uh, finished filling out that card, you may simply put it into the offering plate as it passes by you this evening. Now with joy and thankfulness for the birth of our Savior, let's gather our offering. When it comes time to light your candle, please do not tip a lit candle. 
rather take the unlit candle and tip it into one that is lit to light yours. Christians in early centuries loved symbolism. In the wax of the candle, they saw an analogy of the Christ, Christ child. As he was born of the virgin mother, so the wax is produced by the virgin bees. The wick in the candle reminded them of the Son of God enclosed in human body, while the light symbolized the light that shines to all the world. As I hold up this one lone candle, we are reminded tonight that Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, is the only true light of this world. He is the only way for us to be brought back to our Heavenly Father and again be His children. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As we light these candles, we are reminded that Jesus told us to take the good news about him as our Savior into all the world. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Because the light of the message of Jesus Christ has gone out into all the world, carried by faithful Christians of the past, tonight people throughout the entire world are bowing their knees before the Christ child and worshiping him as their Savior and God. As the lighted candles are carried to the pews, and the light is passed from person to person, let that light serve as a reminder that we are to pass on the light of the good news of Jesus to those who are near to us, our families, our friends, our neighbors, just as the shepherds once did. Jesus said, let your light shine forth. When you pass on the light to the children sitting next to you this evening, be reminded of how important it is to pass on the light of Jesus Christ from generation to generation. As we hand the light of the candle to the children, may we ask the Lord to help us be better parents and better teachers of the true light for the darkness of sin. And now, as we are without the lights in our church, we are reminded of how dark and hopeless our condition would be without Jesus, the child born in Bethlehem. With Paul, we humbly confess, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. And now, with the light of the candles glowing in our church, we listen to the sacred scriptures which say, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid?
Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. Please gently blow out your candle. And now with joy in our hearts we sing Emmanuel. Would you stand and sing to the light of the world with us? Please rise. We're so glad that you came out this evening to praise God for the gift of our Savior. We invite you to worship with us again. Uh, we'll be doing this service in another hour if you want to stick around. <laughs> but tomorrow morning we have a Christmas Day service at 9.30. The bulletin is incorrect. It says 9. It's at 9.30. Gives you an extra half hour to sleep in. 
Our services on the weekend are 5.30 on Saturday night and 8.45 Sunday morning. Both of those have a traditional style worship, and our contemporary worship is on Sunday morning at 11.15. We have all sorts of Bible classes that go on during the week, too, that you may be interested in. But there's one that's starting up in about three weeks called a Bible information class, about a 12-week class in which we take you into the basics of the scriptures so you know what we teach as a church. We invite you to come to that. Please have a blessed Christmas rejoicing in the gift of a Savior. I will greet you in the back.